favorite day of the week. Hayden Winks, hours and hours, thinks about his rankings, filters all the players and the matchups and all these damn charts, and then I take 30 minutes to shit all over them. <laughs> and the best part about it is we have so much information because it's we're so close to lock that it's just the best use of our time. <laughs> all right. As you know, we're going to go running backs, wide receivers, and then quarterback tiers here. Week six is difficult, Hayden, for multiple reasons. Uh, one, in week six, there are only two games with projected points totals, according to Vegas, over 46. That's Buffalo and Kansas City. That's Arizona and Seattle. So if you want to, quote unquote, onslaught those games, and maybe you'll see some of those players ranked higher than on other platforms, it's for that reason. Second, we also have four teams on by, which drastically change all these visuals we're about to show. Um, it's the Lions, the Texans, the Raiders, and the Titans. So be sure to get all of those players out of your lineups. Let's start with running back. Saquon Barkley, number one. Nick Chubb, number two. Austin Eckler, number three. Leonard Fournette, number four. And maybe most importantly here at number five with Jonathan Taylor. Late breaking news, Hayden, that he is practicing today. If he is out for some reason, Naeem Hines climbs the board, even though Naeem Hines left after one series last week, but this is against a Jacksonville Jaguars defense who really started the season extremely well in run defense, but in back-to-back weeks, Philadelphia Eagles, really bad weather. They got roasted. Then last week, Damian Pierce, elite talent, also got roasted. Yeah, I feel really good about the top 10 names here, and then it really starts to kind of get jumbled up. But yeah, I, I'm, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey hasn't been all that clean, but I, I do think that for the rest of the season, things will get better. Jonathan Taylor, I'm assuming that he's going to get a full workload, uh, move Naeem Hines back down. Two names right after Christian McCaffrey. It's Ramondre Stevenson, who we've talked about for weeks, who was a major part of Stats versus Film, the Instant Reaction Show. And then Alvin Kamara as running back eight. Hayden, I uh, wanted to bring up Alvin Kamara because I think it's a disappointing season. You know, I think people who drafted him in round three, heck, even round two, where he got to, have been disappointed. Can we cling on to any hope that either there's going to be a role change, an offensive change, gets more inside the 20, inside the 10-yard work? Well, I'm not as convinced the inside the five-yard line stuff will come back to where it was previously. They're using Mark Ingram in those situations. Taysom Hill is in those situations. He's yet to have a single touch inside the 10-yard line. Now, there are some positives. First off, the entire Saints wide receiver group has not been practicing. Chris Olave has a chance to clear concussion protocol but concussions are very unpredictable. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry dealing with foot and uh, toe injuries. And the big thing is looking at Andy Dalton versus Jameis Winston, because as you can see, Andy Dalton's more likely to be checked the ball down versus Jameis Winston, who hucks it deep. Obviously, we're looking for check down. So this is a good week for Alvin Kamara, as it was last week. Now, for the rest of the season, I have some more concerns. But for this week, depending on the injuries, I think it sets up. And then going back to Ramondre Stevenson, man, like, it's eruption time, you know, like the matchups clean. Ramondre's got all of the workload that he can possibly had. He had a over 15 expected half PPR points last week. Uh, whether it's Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, I don't think it truly matters all that much for him. He's going to get fed the rock. We go through our 20 players, our 20 top guys uh, for week six on Friday. I know everyone who watches the channel knows that we might want to save more Ramondre Stevenson conversation there. I will sprinkle a little interesting nugget here that Cleve TA, our buddy pointed out that the Patriots defense who um, Nick Chubb, 
who is obviously your, what, number two running back here, have allowed 4.18 yards per carry to running backs and 6.7 yards per carry to quarterbacks. So that per carry average against them, the EPA against them might be a bit skewed by the running quarterbacks that they've had so far this season. And they might be a little bit better than expectation. Not that Nick Chubb's not going to, you know, obliterate any expectation um, of, of just like the, the raw numbers of what the Patriots rushing defense is pointing out there this week. Just wanted to throw that out there. It's interesting. Uh, Okay. One more Nam Kamara. I'm sure this weekend too, because there's a chance that all three of their wide receivers are out. All three of them. Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, round out the top 10. Here we go, 11 through 20. Aaron Jones, Brees Hall, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Walker, and Dave Montgomery. Anything in those top five names of that second tier that you want to discuss? Because it's some rookies, it's some players coming back from injury, and it's also some split backfields of players like Aaron Jones and Miles Sanders emerging at the top of that grouping. This is the highest I've ranked Brees Hall this season. 69% snaps last week. He's playing the passing downs. He's splitting the goal line work, but in general, he is up to the RB10 in fantasy usage, RB7 over the last four weeks. So I feel good about putting him in this range. Ken Walker, um, we talked about in the last show, if you combine Ken Walker and Rashad Penny stats, which I think is actually pretty fair because I think he's going to be handling almost every early down work. We're talking about RB2 uh, usage and I think that Kenneth Walker is going to prove to be an above average efficiency player he's so damn explosive we put on some of his film the last show as well so I feel good about Ken Walker being an, a, a solid RB2 and right now like you said earlier this the Seahawks in the Cardinals game I project to be a shootout in this right now the Seahawks um, are projected for over 24 points and we think that he's going to get all the goal line opportunities and that's a pretty strong uh, implied team total Najee Harris at running back 16. I don't want to overreact or overcorrect here. I'm even terrified of that ranking, to be honest with you. It's up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. The point total, obviously, for the Steelers. Offense is, is very, very small. Uh, something that I just tweeted out that Reeves wrote in his worksheet, which you all should be checking out every single week on Sharp Football Analysis. Neither the Bucs nor the Steelers, who have been 0 of 14 so far, have scored a touchdown on the first quarter possession through five weeks of this NFL season. Now, in fairness to the Steelers, it's a very different offense over the last six quarters than it was for the previous four and a half games. I'm uh, on a complete island. I think that Najee Harris is somebody to slightly buy for. Now, I'm not buying like early season expectations, but I think the Jalen Warren stuff, this is the peak of it. Look at Jalen Warren's touches happen at the end of the game. with Garbage time. Garbage time. You know, like he is subbing down on third downs. I heard the coach quotes, but I think what's going to end up happening here, and I have a great chart, is I think Kenny Pickett is going to be much better for the entire offense, including Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. But I think even for Najee Harris individually, he's going to be throwing the ball down in these check down areas more than uh, Mitch Trubisky is. And I think that just in general, looking at completion percentage over expected success rate, Kenny Pickett's already lapping Trubisky. They've had some tough matchups. There's been yeah. some, t- uh, some interceptions that kind of fluky interceptions. But for the most part, the Steelers are actually picking up yards. And I think eventually it will kind of even out. So I, I like Najee Harris as an RB2. And some people might be all the way panicking, calling him a flex play. I think he might be somewhere in between. I think you could argue Kenny Pickett in relation to all the quarterbacks across the league, the top names. But you can't argue that he's just so much better for this offense than Mitchell Trubisky was. And last week against the Bills, lots of pressure, dump offs. This week, lots of pressure against the Bucks defense, dump offs, hopefully. That's the theory. Okay. The rest of this tier is actually fascinating. And I know we're spending a lot of time on this, but it's Eno Benjamin, then Jeff Wilson, then Raheem Mostert, 
who with Skylar Thompson uh, should be getting exactly or a similar workload to what you saw last week. And then Melvin Gordon closes out this top 20. So maybe pick one of those names because I'm sure a few of them will end up on our 20 players on Friday show. Man, this is a very tough tier just because there's so much of volatility. This is assuming James Conner and Daryl Williams are not going to be playing. Eno Benjamin would be an RB2. Then they'd get Keontae Ingram back up in that situation, but Eno Benjamin was mixing in uh, even before the Daryl Williams and James Conner injuries. Jeff Wilson, uh, I got to pull this up. He is losing time to Tevin Coleman early in the game. And maybe they get TDP involved, but I think Jeff Wilson has proven himself to be a very efficient player and the 49ers are projected for a lot of points. Raheem Mostert, I feel pretty confident that he's going to be the guy. Chase Edmonds hasn't been any good. And then Melvin Gordon, this is the one I ranked the lowest just because I think there's the most uncertainty here just because Latavius Murray, I think, can do a great Melvin Gordon impression. And then Mike Boone uh, proves to be pretty explosive um, in some situations. So uh, because the Broncos are projected for fewer points than some of those other teams, and because we're adding a third back that I think teams could trust, I have Melvin Gordon slightly lower than those other backs. Okay. Rest of this, after the top 20 running backs, I'll just shout out a few. If you're listening on the podcast feed, go and watch the program on the YouTube channel so you can see the rest of Haynes' rankings. It's also in the description down below. Um, if you have Nick Chubb as your second back, having Kareem Hunt as running back 22 makes a ton of sense. Uh, Devin Singletary is fascinating here because as running back 23, it could be one of those scenarios against the Kansas City Chiefs where they either blitz or play off and do some fun stuff and seize Spagnuolo's defense that maybe can get him involved in the passing game like we've seen a couple weeks before. Um, anyone else? I it, it Since week one, maybe this is the better way of framing this question. This might be the closest ranking we've seen of James Robinson and Travis Etienne here as what running back 24 and running back 26. And it makes sense when you go back and watch last week's Jacksonville game that in the second series, Travis Etienne was a really valuable player for them and they were diagnosing and scheming these edge runs for him. Yeah. He's mixing in early into the game. Uh, He's made some brutal mistakes. James Robinson has been ripping off the big plays outside of that, uh, you know, where they match nickel against 13 personnel against the chargers. Um, but aside from that, he hasn't had that much juice. So we'll see if this holds up, um, uh, in Jacksonville, uh, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, very close to each other. Uh, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, very close to each Talk other. Talk to me this- about that. That, that must've sucked for you to have to rank both of those backs in the top 30. But when you're 10 point favorites against the Carolina Panthers, you got to do it. Yeah, and then just trying to figure out what they're going to do with this because both of them aren't making anybody miss. Cam Akers was getting the ball early in in neutral game scripts. Daryl Henderson was getting the ball uh, later in the game and playing more passing downs. But I'm just not convinced that either one of these backs are separating from each other. I think that this can go back and forth. Um, So I I have Cam Akers ahead of Daryl Henderson because of the game script. He was playing early downs, but man, I don't feel comfortable with either of them. Neither of them have been very good. Any other other names you want to talk about? I mean... My eye jumps to J.K. Dobbins at running back 31. I get it from a usage standpoint, but obviously he's scoring some short yardage touchdowns here in the last two weeks, and they're facing the New York Giants. They're going to be favored in that game, so on and so forth. We've caught Rashad White as the best running back insurance out there. Uh, Joshua Kelly has emerged as the easy running back insurance with a loss in his chargers. And then you have Brian Robinson there just two spots after uh, Joshua Kelly, who had eight carries to three carries. They play on Thursday night football against a, let's say broken Chicago bears franchise at the moment, despite their record. 
Yeah, Antonio Gibson starts, then B-Rob mixes in. Uh, McKissick gets all the passing down work. So, I mean, if you're starting a freaking commander's running back when there's three of them, your team is so beyond that. I can't even help you. So, no no reason to really talk about them. Uh, A.J. Dillon, I had to move. I was trying to make him an RB2 flex, but it just has not worked out that way. The team's just not good right. enough to have two running backs, which I think has been disappointing. And then, like you said, J.K. Dobbins, I might move this up. I'm just kind of trying to figure out the workload because they got Kenyon Drake back involved. I'm just trying to figure out if, if this is a health issue, if there's something else going on, but he didn't play that that much. He even had like under five expected half EPR points last week. So I'm trying to play, play it safe with J.K. Dobbins. Time to bounce to wide receivers before we do. If you're new here, finding the channel for the first time, thumbs up, subscribe. Be sure to check out the rest of this show and maybe most importantly, our Friday show of our top 20 picks ahead of week six. Yes. And you have a show with Josh McCown, an NFL quarterback. Go check out that that show as well. I do. One of us played for 37% of the NFL teams. The other guy watched him from the stands do it. People said that uh, you're his long lost cousin or something. You guys do kind of look alike. What's crazy is I was literally, not to keep going on here, in the stands when he ran for a touchdown against, let's say, Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Kawan Short, Charles Robbins, or Charles Johnson. Uh, Josh Norman, and he was my age when he did that at, at age 34, 35. And uh, what an athlete he was. Go check out his mock draftable page. It's nuts. It's like the biggest spider web for, for quarterbacks you've ever seen. And then check out your mock draftable page. Right <laughs> yeah. I should show him that sometime. Yes, you have I to really pull that. Should. That's great. All right, wide receivers here. Um, not to go from, from last to first, but bye weeks hit even wide receivers. Like this entire 51 through 60 row were all names I had to plug in their new headshots into, and that sucked. But let's start from the top. Uh, Cooper Cup against the Carolina Panthers defense. A Panthers defense who J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson showed up in the injury report today. I don't think it's necessarily going to matter, and we can jump all the way down to Allen Robinson, who's at you know wide receiver 49, because that is more about offensive line protection, getting to him in these than the coverage is. Cooper Cup's going to get there no matter what. So it makes Always. sense why he's your wide receiver one. Always. He's inevitable. Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs. So about Mike Evans all the way up as your wide receiver four. I think for Battle Royales, this is a really, really fun pick, right? Because even his numbers last week don't give credit to what Mike Evans did because he basically had a 40-yard touchdown that he scored that the ref said he stepped out of bounds at the one-yard line. He did not. And so that just would have been six more points on his tally. A top four ranking here makes a ton of sense to me. Right now, the Steelers, no TJ Watt. Uh, Cameron Sutton didn't practice yesterday. Akilo Witherspoon, uh, Levi Wallace, those are all three corners. They didn't uh, suit up. Mika Fitzpatrick didn't suit up. So they're either going to play through an injury or miss. Uh, Mike Evans still balling out of his mind. Chris Godwin, uh, I have him ranked high as well. I think I'm, I am optimistic how efficient he's going to be. But at the end of the day, he only ran around 51% of dropbacks last week. If they are e- easing him in, it's big Mike Will- uh, Mike Evans time. And, you know, the guy just criminally okay. yeah, under-respected. Just like you're just going to hang up a touchdown and 80 yards every single week. I mean, Steelers defense is not healthier this week and got wrecked to the tune of 30-plus points last week by Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and Khalil Shakur. Um, <laughs> They're dead last against fantasy. You have to reset Steelers' expectations on defense. And you have to reset Bucks' passing game expectations after the first three weeks of the season. 
You know, oh, yeah. they are now weeks four and week five, a heavy passing offense, just like they were the last two seasons. So let's get it. Let's oh, yeah. boogie. I'm excited for it. Uh, okay. After that, it's Marquise Brown all the way up as wide receiver five. Jamar Chase is wide receiver six. Talked at length about him with Josh McCown. Hopefully you go and check out that program. AJ Brown, Mike Williams, and DK Metcalf. I did want to get to wide receiver seven, though, in Debo Samuel, because it felt like watching that game last week against Carolina Hayden. Debo really didn't get that much involved until about the third quarter and then got that touchdown pass, that touchdown catch. I know you're really high on just San Francisco's point total this week as a team, five and a half point favorites on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. But even for you, I think this is a really aggressive ranking for Debo Samuel's wide receiver seven. It's a tough range. Like I have DK Metcalf, Cortland Sutton, Amari Cooper's up there. Uh, the Dolphins I have right in this range as well. It's it's a tough range. I think all of them are on the wide receiver one-two border. Debo Samuel, wide receiver 17 usage. His eight outs only 4.2 yards downfield. Um, with Tevin Coleman getting running back snaps, I think that he's going to lose some of those carries. Yeah, I'm I'm unsure what's good for Tebow Samuel. I if you if we want him in the backfield, if we want him running routes, I want him scoring touchdowns. And ultimately, the 49ers team total, like you said, is the big tiebreaker. And I also want to give some credit to Jimmy Garoppolo. Nobody wants to talk about it. He's playing better. I, I think taking a couple more shots downfield, pushing CPOE the limit. King. You know he's doing he's doing his thing again. I think you. Low key are one of Jimmy Garoppolo's biggest fans out there. Low key. I mean, it's like w- w- there's like only 20 good quarterbacks in the entire world. And like Jimmy he's G's like maybe on that one of them. And yeah, he just gets cost. completely ridiculed. I would rather watch him than a lot of these other quarterbacks. This is gosh. true. This is true. Just going through your quarterback rankings. Okay. Can I put a pin in this real quick and ask if Debo Samuels are wide receiver seven, why is Brandon Ayuk all the way down as wide receiver 42? Ayuk, I, I, I don't think he's going to get the schemed opportunities. And his, I mean, his usage right now is a wide receiver 54. And it's just tough. I think that they would just get the ball to Debo Samuel. I think Debo Samuel has better odds of breaking off a long touchdown and stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm conflicted on what to do with, with Brandon Ayuk. But over the last uh, couple of games with George Kittle, he's averaging 4.5 expected half PPR points. Now, obviously, he's a big play threat. And all it takes is one of those to pay off. But right now, the, the usage is not there. Cortland Sutton at wide receiver 11, starting the second tier. Uh, Russell Wilson is broken. Denver's passing game is broken. It really doesn't matter for Cortland Sutton, especially if he gets JC Jackson this weekend on Monday Night Football. That's going to be great. Uh, Amari Cooper is wide receiver 12. Think about that heading into the season. If we said Jacoby Brissett is still your quarterback and Amari Cooper is wide receiver 12 and he's going against the New England Patriots defense, um, which can be tough. And like they know Jacoby very well. Um, I'll be very curious to see how Kevin Stefanski attacks that Patriots defense who were locked down last yeah. week against Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. All man coverage for the Patriots is the same Bill Belichick defense. He's been running for two decades now. Amari Cooper historically been pretty good against man coverage. And I think that he's clearly better against man coverage than like Donovan Peoples Jones and their slot receivers and stuff. So I think that he's going to get the ball right now. He's wide receiver eight and expected half PPR points among wide receivers over the last uh, four weeks. I think he's pretty good. Jacoby Brissett playing better than we all expected. Next up, do want to focus on these two Dolphins wide receivers, wide receiver 13, wide receiver 14, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Skylar Thompson is starting at quarterback this week. I don't know if it's exactly fair, Hayden, to say, well, Skylar Thompson didn't get Jalen Waddle involved last week because one, 
Skylar Thompson did not practice as a starter heading into that game, took over in the second series. So we don't know exactly how Mike McDaniel is going to start scripting things for both these guys. Counterpoints to that. One, Tyreek Hill had seven first half, I think, touches to Jalen Waddle's one when they like really needed to start manufacturing things. So he is the more manufactured touch player, I think, even though Jalen Waddle could do it. But two, I think Thompson also had a number of yards knocked off his total. Not saying he played well, but because of pass interference down the field. And that's some, I think, detail we don't want to overlook. For my ranking, um, I'm just trying to get some more injury status for both of these players. I think they were practicing in full today, which is good news. Tyreek Hill only ran around 64% of dropbacks last week, and that's kind of hurt him. Um, if he's fully healthy, I think I'll move him up a couple spots right now over the last four weeks. Wide receiver 14, wide receiver 15 in usage. Tyreek Hill barely ahead of Jalen Waddle there. Michael Pittman up next with the broken Matt Ryan connected to him. Uh, Tyler Lockett. It's pretty amazing. What? Wide receiver 16 with DK Metcalf as wide receiver 10. We're here. We're here in week six. Oh, CD yeah. Lamb after that. Then Christian Kirk, who uh, failed to get home last week against the Houston Texans. Another game that we broke down with Josh McCown. Stood out to me. Squeaky wheel situation. Uh, Doug Peterson was asked about Christian Kirk last week and why he wasn't involved. He said he wants to get in 11 to nine targets every single week, every single week. Yeah. Season low 5.1 expected half PPR points last week. I wrote that that feels like an outlier. I watched the game. They just didn't throw him the ball. Um, Just, you know, wide receiver position. You're relying on a bunch of other things. Sometimes you're going to have a bad week. I think that's all us. Yeah. Could be a buy low territory for him because what Doug Peterson is doing in, in scripting the gimmies makes a lot of sense. And it's that Indianapolis Colts defense they're facing. Uh, Gabriel Davis, enough said. He's in your starting lineup when fully practicing. And then T. Higgins is still here at wide receiver 20, but that is certainly a two-monitor situation because he's not practicing here on Thursday. I removed him. He's, oh. he's out of there. I moved uh, Tyler Boyd up to, um, let's see where I have it. What's a guy supposed to do when he goes on tier maker, makes these things, spends an hour making them, and then doesn't get told? Well, you know, I have other meetings and stuff to do, and I'm so glad we're doing the show on a Thursday uh, with with one quarter of the injury reports completed. Oh, that's why you need to tune into Friday show and the starts at show on Sunday mornings at 1030 Eastern. Um, Chris Olave, kind of the same thing. Who knows? It's up in the air. He's at wide receiver 22. We've talked about the passing game of the Bucks at wide receiver 21. Uh, any of these other names, I don't know, from Curtis Samuel to Drake London to Devontae Smith. Heck, even Jacoby Myers checking in at wide receiver 27. That's pretty shocking with the mysterious quarterback, even though he had a massive week. Yeah, of these names, uh, Drake London uh, monitoring his injury status right now. The 49ers, who are also very banged up. I, I think the 49ers defense will still be very good. Or not very good, but but decent. But they are very banged up like yeah. all throughout uh the, the secondary and up front and they play a lot of zone defense, actually the highest 71% in the league. And right now Drake London's 12th in yards per out run out of 73 wide receiver qualifiers against zone coverage. That makes sense to me. I think they'll be, they'll be reliant on him. So I think it's a bounce back game for him pending injury. I don't know why he only ran around on like what 70% of the dropbacks last week. I'm guessing that's injury related. Love Devin Duvernay checking in at a uh, wide receiver 30. We he's in the clip that, you can check out that's a condensed version of, of stats versus film. And they got him going in that first series, three touches. And it doesn't sound like Rashad Bateman is going to be 100% heading into this. He hasn't been a 100% player no matter what. I don't think he's going to play. Yep. So Devin Duvernay is the like do everything Swiss Army knife, explosive, rock it up his ass player that the Ravens have right now on the outside. 
Yeah, I think if you're looking for a waiver wire flex play, I think Devin Duvernay would be definitely the name. Last week, 11.8 expected half PPR points. If uh, that holds up, that would make him the wide receiver 24, uh, kind of sandwiched between Adam Thielen, Tyra Lockett, Curtis Samuels. I think that's kind of the territory he's in. Uh, The Ravens still project very well, even without Rashad Bateman. I don't think that they're going to be throwing the ball to like Demarcus Robinson, Isaiah Likely. I think it's literally just going to be Mark Andrews and Devin Duvernay. You have both Chiefs wide receivers at wide receiver 31 and wide receiver 32. This kind of feels it. like the wide receiver version of the Rams running backs in that tier. Like, got to do it because that's one of the two games that has over a 50-point total. Uh, I'd rank MVS over, but that's nitpicking. Yeah, I mean, the fantasy usage model, wide receiver 40, wide receiver 42, MVS slightly ahead. Yeah, I yeah. can be convinced. This is about the appropriate range they've underperformed their expectations they still are on the field so i think that there could be a little bit of a buy low but certainly resetting expectations on juju i was hopeful he's gonna be a wide receiver too um the the targets there the efficiency isn't and there's no excuse attached to patrick mahomes 33 34 is the two steelers wide receivers hayden already outlined why kenny pickett is good for them in terms of where the targets are and how they're just more targets in general uh then here are two names and then we'll move on from wide receivers Isaiah McKenzie as wide receiver 35. Rondell Moore as wide receiver 36. Um, McKenzie sounds like he's going to play this week. I would expect him to completely inherit back that complete slot role. You know, even though we saw Khalil Shakur last week, do you agree? I agree. I think Khalil Shakur, there's enough room to mix in here and there. Um, but Isaiah McKenzie's he's been, been good. Too been too productive. So I'm right there with you. Rondell Moore, um, interesting name. His ADOT dropped down to two. He moved back to the slot. This is where they they should keep him, scheme him up some touches. He's going to have to be very explosive to make the most out of it. I think his upside is pretty capped, but I do think he's going to be a full-time player. was playing over A.J. Green in two wide receiver sets. That's the new news. And then the next Jets wide receivers, you're just chopping up. There's three good wide receivers there. The team total is under 20 points. We don't know who's going to be leading the team in targets on stuff. Elijah Moore is not getting anything schemed up. Garrett Wilson's not getting... Uh, targets downfield and then Corey Davis is in between both of them uh it's tough to start any of them to be honest and check out the rest of the rankings including DJ Moore as wide receiver 38 or 39 I should say why would we even care at this point you can check those all out on YouTube or in the fantasy usage model here we go quarterback time slash offenses let me know if I got these rankings correct Hayden in terms of tiers S tier five names Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. The first two are self-explanatory. The first two play each other. I will say Patrick Mahomes against like a cover two defense. Mm -hmm. No big plays expected, uh, especially against the Bills who play probably cover two the best in the league. Um, This is how their offense has morphed into with these quick hitting passes and why they put so many tight ends on the field, so on and so forth. That's a shit ton of points they're expected for. And I'm a little bit nervous of the Bills, despite the injuries in totality, being able to do the best against the Chiefs this season, even including the misses that Patrick Mahomes had against the Indianapolis Colts defense this year. All the cover two stuff, they just like figured it out. Like, I don't really take that much notice uh, with it. Uh, Kyler Murray was the name I want to talk about. He's he's like yep. my buy low of the week. Obviously, he's getting new Hopkins back next week. This matchup. Couldn't get any easier. The Seahawks right now dead last um, against uh, or passing EPA. Uh, but the other big thing, the Cardinals have only completed 26% of their passes with 15 plus air yards down the field. That's the lowest in the NFL. Uh, 
that's just called variance. You know, like that is regression at its finest. Um, and right now the Cardinals are projected for a shit ton of points, uh, second most on the slate currently. So this is the week to get ahead of the Kyler Murray stuff. I know people have been frustrated, but I also think that their neutral uh, pace could climb as well once they get more talent. So if they're not completing passes down the field, they're barely even attempting them either because just 10% of his attempts this year in Kyler Murray have traveled 20 plus yards down the field. Um, that'll change. That'll change this week and definitely, hopefully next week, the next game when uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Okay. Tier two, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. I love this Tom Brady ranking. It's exactly where we drafted him in this preseason. And it makes sense over these last two weeks that we've seen them. We've already talked about it. They're going to hopefully shred that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Anything you want to say about Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow here? I don't love the matchup for um, Justin Herbert this week. They're still projected for a bunch of points. I don't like, I love Mike Williams. This is not a great matchup for Mike Williams. This is the week where they need Keenan Allen. In my opinion, right now, the Broncos are playing in a two high shell defense, two safeties on the back end at on 89% of their snaps, 89. That is by far the highest in the NFL, not even close. Um, and right now the chargers, they're at the third highest rate passing the ball towards the sideline. Those are hard passes yep. to complete and they're not going to be downfield this week. You got throw in Pat Sertan. It just, it's a little bit harder this week for Justin Herbert. I love my chargers and love my Mike Williams, but this is the week where it's the toughest on paper. And Bradley Chubb is playing at a really high level too as as an edge rusher. They'd want to throw it with Joe Burrow. Let's say T. Higgins doesn't play here. T. Higgins has been the one to when they've shaded on Jamar Chase's end and side, been the player who's gotten home with so much more space. If he's out, man, defenses are going to be able to focus even more on Jamar Chase. And it's like Mike Thomas on the opposite end, Stanley Morgan on the opposite end. Maybe Tyler Boyd gets it a little bit. But that makes me a little bit nervous for the success in totality. And I'm also watching with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. They got Chase like some manufactured touches last week in the backfield and stuff near the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Let's just start getting some more middle of field targets. Yeah, I'm, I'm honoring Marshawn Lattimore. He's been on the injury report this week. That'd be their number one corner. Uh, Saints, as always, playing a shit ton of man coverage. So you guys got to find some some man beaters. Hopefully that they're experimenting with that. I actually tried this week. I, usually I don't write all that much, but I actually wrote mm-hmm. about the Bengals. Go actually read. When I write, go read it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to that next name at quarterback nine because it felt like Aaron Rodgers was going to get it going last week in London against the New York Giants. Had two first half touchdowns, then no more after that. Um, you're optimistic against the New York Jets. I mean, you kind of mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Or is this just like, oh, I have to have him as the quarterback nine because there's no one else to put at the quarterback nine? That's that's more fair, uh, right? Like right now, Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are projected for just over 26 points. Kirk Cousins at 24 and a half. So it's like, all right, who are you starting more uh, yeah. over those names? Geno Smith only projected for 24 points. Am I really starting Geno Smith over Aaron Rodgers on a lower team total? I don't know about that. Uh, and then Matthew Stafford is most similar to Aaron Rodgers. But Matthew Stafford, I do not think has been playing very well. I think the Panthers defense is better than the Jets. We'll see about the Jets. They've been playing uh, decent on defense. They got a lot of young players. I'm curious to see Sauce what they're playing really do. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, this is really just like one of those with like I don't I don't want to be starting Aaron Rodgers right now. 31st in neutral pace, 25th in neutral pass rate. It's not it's not a good situation, but like at home against the Jets, like this is like a get right spot if there ever was one. Yeah, I know people hate when we just like cite the formula, 
but home favorites expected to score 24 points. Like Aaron Rodgers fits that. And right now, Geno Smith doesn't. Not saying Geno's going to have a bad day, but it's just picking between the two. Um, I think you have to lean Aaron Rodgers, even though we love Geno. Like we're not, he's among the top 12 quarterbacks here. And it's not like that Cardinals pass defense is. Uh, it's not good. Straight up. It's not good. They're great at pressuring. So like Seattle's offensive line, what we saw last week, right? With Philadelphia, they went to closer to the line of scrimmage stuff because they were so nervous about the exotic looks that Arizona's defense was putting out there when they were missing their starting left tackle, missing their starting center. So all those young pieces along Seattle's offensive line and Gino, who's been making some sick checks at the line of scrimmage, will uh, will come in handy there. Um, last one I wanted to touch on before we get out of here was actually Justin Fields, Aiden. Mm-hmm. So Justin Fields, higher than he's been probably since week one. Um, if I can do the math here, what, that's quarterback like 19 on this list? Something like that. Uh, he is tonight on Thursday Night Football plus 350 to have 225 passing yards. I don't have any strong feelings with that. I, I do think that Justin Fields has been playing uh, better. And my theory is just new offense. I think throughout the course of the season, teams and new offenses just get a little bit better. Um, had a bunch of call uh, or a bunch of yardage and a touchdown called back. Um, yeah. And, you know, the commander's defense right now is a total joke. Players are trying to get traded. The coaching staff's going to get fired. Dan Snyder's uh, trying to hold the rest of the, the league uh, hostage. Like, it's just like, I don't know, man. Okay. Sorry to ask. That's going to do it for us. Do you want to pull up Sicko's chart real, tw- real quick? So of course. The, people's ne- the people need it. The people need it. Uh, if you're watching us live, almost 500 of you, go right now play Best Ball Resurrection before it closes on Thursday Night Football. Do it. Best for Resurrection week 16, or excuse me, week 6 through 17. Scratch that itch. It's 10 bucks, $100,000 to first place. And take advantage of players like David Njoku, who people just haven't caught up to how good he is and how relevant he is to their teams for the rest of the season because they still have the anchor of where they were picking them this summer. So go play Best Ball Resurrection. Do it. There it is, you true sickos. All right. And check us out on Friday's show when we have all the injury info where we pick our 20 guys of week six. For Hayden, I'm Josh. Go watch Scheme with Josh McCown up the villa. We will talk to you all soon. See ya. (laughs) 